Welcome into the podcast live, wherever you're downloading your podcast at the Hustle Podcast. Chris Thurston, Adam Trigger, Drew Martin, and our guest, our prime guest here, Todd Furman, Mr. Todd Furman. Welcome in, buddy. How you feeling? I'm doing well, gentlemen. I know it takes a lot of responsibility for me to kind of hit lead off. So I'm not sure if you're looking <laughs> me to, for me to be an get on base kind of guy or if we want to start with a one nothing lead. You know, I'm more of trying to go into the gaps and be standing on second base. Let the real power hitters drive me in. Hey, hey, leadoff hitter is what we're looking for. You know, just work the count. You get on first, maybe steal second if you can. A little good defense there right up the middle. That's all we're looking for, Todd. So uh, good, happy to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Chris Thurston on Twitter, at CTBet16. Welcome in, buddy. Thanks, Drew. It was a good weekend. Uh, ended up going 5-0 and in Circa. So uh, NFL Sunday was good. And Saturday was uh, about a four and two day. So uh, looking forward to starting the new week. Chris Thurston goes five and zero. Oh. I go zero oh and five. You know who to listen to this week. Adam Trigger on Twitter at Top Flight SI. Welcome in, buddy. What's going on, Drew? I hung out with Chris on Saturday, so I just recovered today. And um, and uh, no, but I had a good weekend. You know, I didn't have the best uh, week on the show last week with the stuff I gave out on the show. But but all my uh, my picks by the time it became the weekend and what I gave out uh, did pretty good. I think like seven and three. So uh, can't complain. But, you know, we, we want to kill it for the, the show this week. So that's what we're going to try to do. Absolutely. Trying to kill it. Get you on the right side of some of these games on Twitter at The Hustle Show Pod. Also uh, here on YouTube as well. Feel free to chime in in the chat box. Any questions you guys have, any uh, bets you're looking to make this, uh, this week, we'll get them out here on the show. Of course, we got our uh, guest, Todd Furman, for the first part of the show. Um, and Todd, want to come right into it. You know, it, you're a big part in the industry. One, I mean, one of, if not the biggest name out there, you know, you throw out, you know, names like Clay Travis, Todd's, Todd Furman, things of that nature, Kelly in Vegas, right here on this show, guys. It's 630, by the way. Stay tuned to that. Check out uh, Todd, what, at Bet the Board Pod you got going on. You got a bunch of stuff going on. You want to uh, take a second to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, no problem. I mean, a master of all, uh, I would say jack of all trades, master of none, I should say. So the podcast is kind of the home base. We do an NFL show on Mondays and Thursdays, obviously to recap the weekend, preview Monday Night Football on Mondays. And then Thursdays, we break down some of the marquee matchups for the entire week, do a deep dive, not on the full slate, try and pick the five most notable games to try and do that. Spoiler alert, Carolina and Houston will not crack our rotation this week. I uh, didn't feel that that warranted more than about 37 seconds of acknowledgement. And then CBS HQ, part of their pregame show on Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And actually just, you know, you mentioned Clay Travis's name. Just start a new show called The Fade with Clay that'll be on Mondays and Thursdays. There is nothing more lucrative in sports betting than having someone be consistently good whose picks you can tail or someone consistently bad who you can bet against. I'm sure you three gentlemen can figure out which bucket Clay falls into. And we felt <laughs> that the name was apropos of exactly how we should be guiding our listeners and viewers. Well said, Todd. Absolutely. I know we got some questions for you. Uh, Chris, you want to lead us off here, buddy? Yeah, sure. Todd, so you started out in this crazy gambling world back in, I think, uh, 2006 at Caesars Palace, uh, where you were working as an odds maker. And obviously, like you said, you since moved over to the other side of the counter, um, doing a lot of the shows on, on CBS and, and the new um, Bet the Board, the show with, with Todd. Do you ever miss booking the games and the, and the odds maker side? You know, there are days that definitely go by that I miss being behind the counter and having the opportunity to move some of the futures prices, see the action as it comes in. Full disclosure here, though, I mean, I may as well have been operating a sports book with a sundial compared to what guys have to deal with now 
with the influx of mobile apps, a, a lot smarter guys that are able to take advantage of any mistake that you make in real time. Whereas we could deal to customers over the counter and you knew pretty quickly if one of your win totals was off or if there was a future that created a little bit of wiggle room for them to take advantage, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's that opening Sunday of the NFL season, the Thursday and Friday of March Madness, those big sports days that I do miss the energy, excitement, and optimism that you see from sports betters in the room. I won't lie though, on Saturday afternoons and evenings, it's a lot nicer to be sitting in my man cave where there's peace and quiet. I can control the volume. I can pick which games I want on the big screen. If it's Toledo and Colorado State instead of an SEC bloodbath, so be it. That's the luxury I'm afforded. Uh, but it was a great you know, trial by fire. I had some great mentors, one of which who is still very prominent in the space named Chuck Esposito, uh, who works with Red, Red Rock Station as one of their primary odds makers and leaders over there. Those guys kind of took me under the wing since I broke in in the financial realm and I would ask all sorts of stupid questions on Saturdays and Sundays about why you're moving a number this way, how you book to faces more so than anything else. Uh, and it was an education that would be impossible to replicate by reading textbooks or articles uh, for some of the guys that were true visionaries in the space. And I count my lucky stars that I've been able to take that knowledge base that I built firsthand and kind of convey that to an audience as sports betting content continues to grow and proliferate you know, across all platforms. That's awesome. Now, one, one of the, the other things that you do is uh, that I find awesome is on Instagram, you do the, uh, the pros versus Joes on Sunday uh, before the NFL games. And um, a lot of my buddies, uh, uh, Todd, are kind of like uh, the, the fade a little bit. And they'll always text me, you know, who do I like? And I'll send them my picks. And it's obviously they're always on the, the Joe shot side of your Instagram. <laughs> so I'll send it uh, to them. And they're always like, Oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And then come Monday morning, oh, I should have listened to you. So I, I find that uh, very interesting. You know, it's always one of those endeavors, Chris, that's fun because people who have been around the space like you guys have understand how sports books work. Whereas people that are just getting their first exposure think they just want to take the better team, not realizing that the point spread is in play for a reason. And that's the great yeah. equalizer. So it was simple as taking Kansas City every single week or the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think all four of us wouldn't be creating content in any capacity, be able to sit on a beach in Turks and Caicos. You'd have a nice pina colada in hand and you just watch those dollars roll into the account. Uh, but my friends are the exact same way. I mean, they'll tell me I'm an idiot. They'll use all sorts of four letter words when they've right. turned in their picks and you know, they want to pound their chest that one week inevitably during the NFL season, or maybe it's two or three where every public side comes home. They feel validated uh, by their confirmation bias more than anything else. But it's always funny. It's the guys that you talk to Monday morning that never have a losing week during the NFL season going back 10 to 12 years. Yet, miraculously enough, they still show up for their day jobs. I haven't quite been able to figure out how that works and where the <laughs> loopholes are in their systems and the equation. But uh, once I do, I may have the secret to eternal happiness and life's true meaning in that regard. Well said, Todd. Uh, Adam, you, you got a question here, buddy? Yeah, I was, I'm done choking on my water now. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, Todd, so in addition to all the other stuff that you, you do, you're an awesome follow on Twitter, and I know they can find you at, at Todd Furman. You tweeted something out yesterday that really got my interest because I have a strong opinion on this team. You tweeted about BYU football. Uh, you know, they're 15th in the country now. They're 3-0, and and they knocked off three Pac-12 schools to start the season. Two of those, they were a pretty big underdog. Uh, they come into the, the week number 15 in the polls. My question is, what do you, is BYU a pretender, a contender or a pretender? Uh, are they a fraud or should they be 
uh, in the top 15 and are, can they possibly make some noise with the rest of the schedule they have? Well, I mean, first things first here, let's start with the positive and that's the Kalani Sataki I thought was going to be out of a job, you know, towards the end of last season, completely resurrected his time in Provo. Zach Wilson was the saving grace and he's been able to take some of that momentum and parlay it into arguably better job stability than any head coach out on the West coast, especially with BYU getting accepted into the big 12. And I think Jaron Hall fits that mold of a quarterback that you can rely on to make plays when everything around him breaks down. But you look at BYU and what they've been able to accomplish so far this season. Yes, they're three and O yes, they're three and O against the spread, but their win against Arizona week one on a neutral in Las Vegas suddenly doesn't look nearly as good when you consider that Arizona was obliterated by San Diego state and followed up that dud of a performance, losing outright to NAU 21-19, or in a game where they were roughly a four-touchdown favorite. So kind of put a strike through that BYU win. Then suddenly, BYU's win over Utah, which ends a nine-year losing skid, uh, nine-game, excuse me, losing skid in the Holy War, doesn't look as dynamic with Charlie Brewer getting benched and since has left the program, and Utah going down on the road for the second straight week as a seven-point road favorite. So you begin to go, okay, that win doesn't appear as meaningful. And then the game against Arizona State, I'm still trying to figure out, guys, if you had watched or if any of your viewers had, when Arizona State has an interception and he's streaking down the sidelines, first off, a running back shouldn't be able to catch a linebacker with a 10-yard head start, which may be an indictment of Herm Edwards' speed and conditioning program that they have there. (laughs) But you can clearly see he steps out of bounds. So what does that do? It masks a lot of the analytics working against BYU because through three games this season, their net yards per play are negative. That's not an indicator of a team that is elite by any sense of the word. And maybe it's not going to rear its ugly head this week against USF. Maybe it doesn't happen against Utah State or Boise State, but eventually the numbers catch up to you. So for me, BYU, great story. Are they the 15th best team in the country? Absolutely not. But I have moved them up in my power ratings from where they started the season, well outside the top 40. Good stuff from Todd Furman here, our first guest. Yeah, Adam, follow up, buddy. Well, Drew, my quick follow up question. Uh, I'm going to steal a Drew Martin term right here. Saturday night, BYU is the degenerate special. 10-15 out here on the East Coast, and they're playing South Florida. It's a 20, I think it's 23 and a half right now. Does South Florida have any chance to hang around and cover that number against the Cougars? I mean, this that's the only way to look uh, is to back USF in that particular spot because you figure it's an emotional letdown, not only for the players, uh, but for anyone who's watched BYU each of the last two weeks. That was an electric environment at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So to ask the fans to try and bring that same amount of emotion when in comes USF, a team that's one and two, who's been blown out by NC State. They covered against Florida, but the game wasn't nearly as competitive as the final score indicates. And sure, maybe they got healthy with a win against Florida AM, but BJ Daniels and Marlon Mack aren't walking through that door anytime <laughs> soon. So this is as much a play against BYU, hoping for a letdown spot as is anything else. And at 24, I think USF makes excellent sense as a value play where it sits in no man's land right now. Uh, I have to decide if I can pony up to the w- or sidle up to the window uh, and decide to plunk down my cash. But one thing, there is no chance I'd want to watch this game in its entirety because USF may be outside the number for three quarters and be praying for a back door to try and get back into it. But it's definitely USF or pass uh, if you're going to tangle in that degenerate special. 
I like it, Todd. And the BJ Daniels reference as well. Those were the days when he was running about uh, back there taking snaps for USF. Covered <laughs> numbers too, might add. I, hey. I mean, Jim Levitt got him to what? Top three in the polls. Yeah. The they went into Rutgers and Greg Schiano and company beat him. I think that was what? The AAC or whatever the hell conference they were playing in back then. I, the I, I think it was league. still the Big East, wasn't it? Wasn't that still I mean, the Big whatever East? it was, it clearly is not the same now. And I don't think we'll be seeing USF and Rutgers <laughs> Uh, mentioned in the breath of dark horse college football playoff teams anytime soon, unless both schools are able to uh, significantly upgrade their recruiting. And I don't think Ray Rice will be walking through that door for Rutgers. <laughs> for sure. Good stuff from Todd Furman, guys. Chris Thurston, Adam Trigger. I am Drew Martin. And this is the Hustle Podcast presented by Viva Tequila Seltzer. Our belief is to live long, live well, live it up. Hashtag Viva up Todd I got a question for you in terms of just being in this business being you know in the scene in the industry in and around people betting all the time do you take other people's opinion into your handicap or are you one of the guys that just hey I look at the numbers I look at what my eyes told me and I I kind of block everything else out uh, I have guys that I trust I mean it's impossible to cover the entire landscape you know whether it's college football and, and claiming you have a full grasp on 130 programs uh, would be a naive approach. Same thing, you know, when you look at some of the European domestic soccer leagues, there's no way that you can stay up on the NFL, college football, Serie A, La Liga, the Premier League, get ready for NBA hockey and college basketball. So there are a lot of guys that I trust to provide information. Will I blindly follow people in terms of what they better invest? There are a handful, but none of them are really present on social media other than my co-host and Pain Insider for the Bet the Board podcast. And a lot of the circles that are there it's information exchange is as valuable as anything else. I think when you look around the way social media plays such a prominent role in handicapping, there are beat writers that provide great information. Now, can they quantify their edge in terms of what that means for betting any given college football game or NFL game? Probably not. But if I have good player valuations and I realize, okay, this player may be out, here's how I think a game plan is going to be impacted. You know, that goes a long way in terms of helping make an informed choice. But, uh, I don't mean to say this to disparage anybody on social media. There are a ton of sharp guys out there. I think the golf space is probably the richest and deepest mm -hmm. talent pool for guys that consistently pick out rights. I mean, there's a handful of folks out there. It seems every week they're cashing 30 or 40 to ones. And it's well documented that you can find their stuff. I'm simply uh, content to try and figure out how I can turn my $11 into 10, not trying to catch lightning in a bottle. If I ever had a chance to figure that out, uh, well, then I'd probably be in a little bit more advantageous position than what I am trying to work out a meager existence at a 54 to 55% <laughs> success rate. I bet in most traditional sports. Welcome to the club, man. And uh, yeah, CT, exactly. Adam. You, you guys know all too well how that works. So I know I'm not preaching to the choir here. <laughs> For sure, man. Uh, CT, uh, go, go ahead, buddy. Todd, so the next segment we do is kind of like the big game rundown here on games that we have leans on, games we have picks on. Uh, and this is a game that I was watching uh, the Sunday Night Football with with Trig um, this past Sunday, and we're sitting on the couch, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let me check out the college lines. It just came out. One that really caught my eye that I ended up betting, and I we have a group text. I texted Drew, Trig, Kelly, yeah. and everything. I'm like, I think Texas Tech is getting too many here. I'm get, I get get ten right now. I pulled the trigger and fired away at it. And obviously, it looks right now that I'm getting the best of it as it's it ticked down to eight, eight and a half on Monday. And then this morning, uh, and before I came on the show, I saw seven and seven and a half. I really think that Matt Wells has this team ready to play. The Oregon transfer quarterback has been lighting it up. 
I just think I know they haven't had too much success against Texas as of recently. I just think that's too many there. I have that number more at seven, seven and a half. Was curious if you had an opinion on it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you're on the right side at any price north of seven. When you look at Texas so far this season, the only time they really had a step up in class, and again, this isn't a slight to Louisiana, but they couldn't match Texas from an athletic standpoint. I think there was a little bit of the unknown element there where Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Kwiatkowski were able to prepare knowing what they were going to get from Levy Lewis and ULL, while where the Raging Cajuns had no idea what Texas was going to bring to the table. Then you match up against a team in Arkansas who basically outmuscled them in the trenches on both the offensive and defensive line. And we were reminded that, hey, look, Texas isn't back just yet. This game is fascinating for a variety of reasons because you mentioned the Oregon transfer and Tyler Shuck. And this is a quarterback who had all sorts of accolades. When he went up there, he was supposed to be the saving grace, the true heir apparent to Justin Herbert leading that offense. But he really had a crisis of confidence last season so much so that Mario Cristobal and the staff pulled him out of that Pac-12 championship game uh, and they ended up handing the baton to Anthony Brown there who, who led the charge but you look at what Shuck's done now it's not exactly a murderer's row in Houston I believe Houston Baptist was their second opponent and then FIU with a career high in yardage but I think that can carry over here I mean Tech has a couple of elite skill position guys I mean their lead wide receiver and Eric and I'm going to butcher his last name Ekazuma uh, so anybody who wants to correct me, feel free, because I know I didn't get it the right way, um, has the potential to put this Texas defense in a very tough spot. The other thing worth factoring into this spot is this will be one of the bigger revenge angles that you're able to incorporate into a conference game this year. Last year, Texas beat Texas Tech 63-56, but Tech had a 15-point lead with a shade more than three minutes to go. And the Tech players haven't forgotten. They've talked about it this week in the media. So I think you're going to get an all-hands-on-deck type of approach and this game will go a long way in terms of determining who is one of the top dogs in that second tier behind the Iowa States and Oklahoma's in the big 12. Good stuff, Todd. And Adam, did you have a final question for Todd? Uh, I did not, but we could keep okay. going through the big, we could keep going through the football, you know, the big games that we got. I think Kelly wanted to hop on early yeah. and see Todd. If, uh, she says she's there. Without <laughs> further ado, straight from Las Vegas, Sunshine State. We're not really sure. Oh, on Twitter, though, at Kelly in Vegas. Kelly, welcome into the show. That is funny. I have been all over the place. I'm about to be in Chicago on Friday morning, and I heard it's cold, so I'm not very happy about it right now. But I did want to come on early, say thanks for Todd to coming on to promote the new podcast. If you guys didn't know, Todd was one of my early mentors at the Don Best Days. Shout out to Todd for telling me a lot of things that I didn't listen to in hindsight. <laughs> he was very correct about. So just wanted to call Call in a little bit early, say thanks for coming on, Todd, and uh, appreciate all your help over these years. Hey, it's always a pleasure. You know what the irony is in all of this, Kelly? If you had actually heeded all of my advice that I offered up to you back then, you probably would be at a four-letter network instead of working for Barstool. So <laughs> the way I see it, all things work out the way they're meant to and couldn't be happier for the success and everything you've been able to accomplish so far in the space. And I'm not jealous in the least that you get to head out to Chicago and deal with cold weather. My blood's thinned out a ton, and we can only hope that you find a few underdogs this weekend and give these guys a little bit of guidance, help get them to the window. That's my that's my goal, right, is to get people to the window. Barstool's running a Bears promo that if you put 100 bucks on the Bears, you're getting back 1958 bucks in like promotional dollars. So I guess I'm going to be opening up a Barstool Illinois account just yeah. so I can get some free money uh, on the Chicago Bears this weekend, which looks absolutely atrocious. I mean, the the real question, Kelly, I have to ask before uh, you know I hand the baton off to you guys is how sad will Big Cat be 
if Wisconsin goes down on Saturday against Notre Dame, and then he's got to run it back with the Bears, knowing they're a relatively <laughs> sizable dog taking on the Browns Sunday afternoon. I think he's pretty confident in Wisconsin. I think I'm just going to bet the over in that game. I'm going with some Notre Dame fans that told me if I bet Wisconsin, they were never going to invite me to another game after the Florida State debacle. So I'm just trying to play it like I need a little bit of action, nothing too crazy. But I don't think the Irish are going to pull off the win. But I don't know if I want to touch that six and a half. It should be a hell of an event. Uh, I'm jealous that you'll get to be out there for it. Like I told the guys before, I'll be sitting in the cozy confines, controlling the volume, and I'm sure I'll have to look for a bootleg feed of New Mexico State against Hawaii You know, after I have a couple beers in the middle of the afternoon. But <laughs> thank you again, guys, for uh, including me in the fold. Uh, it's been a great opportunity. Wish you guys nothing but the best in terms of picking those games. And uh, I want to see you guys balance each other out. I mean, Drew, if you were 0-5 last week in Circa and Chris was 5-0, and there's got to be regression coming for both of you guys or you can meet somewhere in the middle to both have some success this weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. I think it's coming back. I'm going to bounce back. 3-2 and two at, the, at, the, at, at least, my man. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Shout out to Todd. Follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Absolutely, guys. And he's got his... Guys, uh, I his actually pod- had to look since you said that. I actually almost have... There you go. Bet the board, Todd's podcast. He's never actually had me on that podcast, but that's beside the point. Also, I almost have more Twitter followers than Todd Furman, you guys. I just had to look because I've been like so far down all the time. If you're going to take shots, I can't leave if you're going to (laughs) take shots at me. The Stooley audience doesn't count. I mean, that's a cult in and of itself and is about as loyal as they find. So that's basically working on social media with PEDs and a tailwind there. So it comes with a caveat. (laughs) And on that note, like Costanza, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> he is out. Kelly is in. I thought uh, you guys went ahead and it. kicked me out too. You're like, screw it. You, you can go. <laughs> we don't need to talk to you either. What's up, Kel? Just living the dream. Just got finished doing bet on it. A couple game videos for Wager Talk. I'm exhausted. I feel like my eyelashes weigh 40 pounds, but I'm here. <laughs> Just to see you guys. Shout out to Mrs. Thurston, who's watching, she texts me, how come these guys can never start on time? I said, come on, Val, you already know the answer to that question. Like, (laughs) this is just basic stuff. Two, three minutes late, every single show. I love it. She cracks me up every time you guys are not starting on time. Were we not on time? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was like six o'clock when we did. Yeah. the first time we were ever on time. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And I told her, she texted me today. I go, don't worry. We're going to be on time today. We have Todd Furman on and uh, we can't waste any of his time. So, okay, good. Tell Drew and, and Adam and you, you should hurry up every week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, we, we were planning on starting right on time. And, and right. even if he didn't show up on time, we were going to go and then add him in. So I'm pretty sure, Val, we started at six, six o'clock. If not, it was like, oh, one. It definitely wasn't oh, two or oh, three. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But Kelly, we got you here for, uh, I guess, the Barstool Bets segment. You want to take it away? Absolutely. Uh, look, there has been a ton of information that I got today. And I don't even know how to sift through it. I'm going to be really, really, really honest with you guys. I didn't even get a chance to get a hold of John Murray, which he and I are fighting anyway, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Listen, what happens in Vegas should stay in Vegas, and it does not. And that is something that I learned today. So he's definitely not listening, but I hope somebody tweets him that he is on my shit list. Okay, (laughs) so VR gave me a ton of really sharp plays this week. I feel sick to my stomach about some of these. Just absolutely I want to throw up. Like, who wants to take some of these teams? I I really don't. Um, Florida State plus two. Florida State plus two. Did he not watch the Wake Forest game? I finally I lost turned on it him off last week. I, I finally turned it off in the middle 
of last week. And I was like, okay, we're done here. I called for Mike Norvell to be fired in a roundabout way after the Notre Dame loss. I didn't really mean they should fire him. I just really thought he made some bonehead mistakes and could have won that game. I was a little tipsy and a little annoyed. But now he might actually need to get fired. I think they have to win this game. This is a must-win game. Drew, you and I were at dinner last Friday night. We watched the Louisville game. Nice upset by them, but I really don't think they deserve to be road favorites here. VR says Florida State plus two, total sharp play. I uh, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to the window on it. They also steamed the hell out of the Bears. I don't know if you guys saw. This one opened seven and a half, down to seven. That's sharp money, and I don't get it. I, no disrespect to Justin Fields. I don't think he's a drop-off from Andy Dalton. I just don't know how he's going to start his first game on the road against a pretty solid Browns team. Maybe the Browns don't really care. I don't really know what they're seeing there. I think the game should be seven. It makes me terrified. But like I said, I got to bet it because I'm going to be in Illinois and they're going to give me free money to do so. Well, that is if they cover the seven. If they cover. Another sharp play, they saw Steelers three, now up to three and a half. We know that's a huge difference there. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. But if you're a money line parlay kind of better, maybe Steelers money line with Niners money line. And then uh, the under got steamed Thursday night football. Uh, do I want to take an under in, in primetime right now? Absolutely not. That sounds miserable. That sounds absolutely and utterly miserable. I, I, I don't want to do it. I've done it twice this year out of, what have we had, seven primetime games, and every single one of them went over. And both yeah. times, I'm like, God, I hate myself. I, as, soon, as soon as it turns on, the second I turn the game on, touchdown, 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 you're like, well, there goes my under. Uh, but they they did steam the under on Thursday night football, and the last one, which I love, this is on, this is one that's going to make my parlay. NC State plus ten. I think they have a shot to beat Clemson outright. I know it sounds crazy, but I think we haven't seen the wheels fall off the Clemson Tigers just yet. So I like NC State plus ten. Those guys played it. It didn't move. I he gave it out at ten. I had it on my long list. I went ahead and bet it after the show. It's still at ten. So. I don't know if that means that there's conflicting information between the groups, which it is Wednesday. So keep that in mind. Sure. Great information, Kelly. And, and I just a follow up to that. Is that sprinkle on uh, NC State, too, or just the plus 10? It, it is going to be for me. I do think that this is an NC State team. Chris and I both have their season win total over this year. I was very high on the Wolfpack. We'll see. We'll see what, what they're made of here on Saturday, but 10 points. I just I can't see them getting blown out. This is just not a blowout type game. This looks like a... 17-10 game written all over it. Just something like in the trenches, maybe Clemson gets a late touchdown, but we still get the cover kind of deal. But I do think NC State will be in the mix for that money line. Like it. Good stuff from Kelly in Vegas. Guys, the game I wanted to talk about a little bit is uh, Arkansas and Texas A&M. Of course, uh, Arkansas, the big underdog here. I think the underdog is actually barking. I mean, going up against Texas A&M, the quarterback production, not really there. So uh, that that was the quick game I wanted to hit in terms of a little bit of a dead number in college football. Can maybe find a six anyway, plus five on Arkansas. But uh, that was the big game I wanted to talk about. And then Trig, I know you got some games, but Kelly, is there anything you wanted to finish up here in the the, the barstool bet segment? No, that's really all I've got um, as far as what I've seen from Sharp stuff. There's a ton of totals that he gave out as well and bet on it. But I feel guilty giving out. I, I gave you guys the five that I played personally. That's what I okay. do every single week yeah, yeah. because okay. I don't think it's fair. There's some that have played, but they've moved a point and a half, two points. And that gets a little dicey for me because, as you know, there's a few key numbers in college football as, in regards to the total. And when it gets 
you know, when we're talking 52 and a half and it gets down to 50 and a half, that 51, I can just picture it now. I give it out and that's what the game lands on. Sharp guys when the rest of us get clobbered. So those type of scenarios, you're welcome to go over, watch the bet on it, the Wager Talk YouTube channel and get all of those. I think he gave out probably 15 or 20 spots, including some UFC and boxing even. But for me, once it moves just a little too much, I feel like I'm late to the party and don't get involved. Sure. Got to get good numbers, right? And guys, bet on it like Kelly's talking about on the Wager Talk YouTube channel. Great show. Good information. Marco D'Angelo, uh, uh, VR, and Kelly in Vegas, as, as well as Ralph, who also liked the uh, NC State side as well. Uh, yeah, Ralph is, Ralph is great. Ralph has tons of trends and angles. I really appreciate those because it kind of gives you a little extra nudge, maybe in one direction or not. Maybe it keeps you off of a game and it ends up being more worthwhile, or maybe it talks you into betting a game you kind of already lean towards. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, I, have, I do. I, oh, go ahead, Chris. I had one for you um, before you hit your uh, your best bet, which you are currently undefeated on the hustle right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we're going to hit this game later in our best bets. But uh, your Kansas State is at Oklahoma State this weekend. Both teams are 3-0. and Oklahoma State laying six. This reminds me of, I think it was like three, four years ago, I was going to a wedding. Kansas State was playing Oklahoma. I texted you. I'm like, this just has one of those feelings, Cal, where I think Kansas State's going to pull off that upset. And you were like, yep, me too. Already whacked the money line. Get on it. I did. I can't remember what the score was, but K-State won outright. That's what it seems to me. I like K-State in this spot, getting a six, maybe a sprinkle. What do you think? K-State was a 21.5 point underdog in that game. They were plus 11.50. I remember... Nick Costos texts me, you text me, and somebody else. I remember driving to Caesars Palace. I had to work for Bleacher Report, and I pull it up on my phone as I'm pulling in the parking garage, and I was like, you know what? This is totally worth a sprinkle. K-State almost gave it away there in the fourth quarter, which they tend to do because they still play that Bill Snyder-esque kind of sit on a lead. I'd like to see that start to change. My problem here with this game is a couple different things. One, if it was Skylar Thompson, we already know the line would be Oklahoma two and a half. So I bet the K-State over five and a half season wins. That was that they were going to go 3-0 and right out of the gate, and this game was a toss-up game, right? There's about three games. I think it was Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and it might have been Texas Tech that I thought was going to be. Uh, it might have even been Texas, so there might have been four toss-up games that I thought K-State could win, but they could go either way. So, so far, K-State's done exactly what I thought that they were going to do. Last week, definitely undervalued because of the Skylar Thompson injury, but what they did do is they really limited Will Howard. I don't want to ever bash on college kids, so I will not. But he was put in a bubble and told, here we go, we're going to run the ball with Deuce. The defense is going to save your ass. And that is exactly what happened in that game. The KC defense won that game. Will Howard, making no mistakes virtually, won that game. I don't know if they can replicate that two weeks in a row. I have PTSD from last year. Will Howard just sling it all around the field, interception, fumble, it's not fun, and I understand that he has had another year to develop. He's now been the starting quarterback several times for K-State. This game feels like it's begging me to bet the Wildcats, and it makes me really nervous because when you have a ranked team getting points, what did we see last week? Virginia Tech, Virginia. Yep. I just blindly played Virginia – or I'm sorry, West Virginia. I just blindly played them. I'm like, dude, why – I love Virginia Tech week one. That was great. Now here they are. They're reading their press clippings. I'm going to tell you this right now. Every time K-State, this is maybe a little overdramatic, but I feel like every time K-State ekes into the top 25 in my entire life, they turn around and lose the next week. 
And that could be wrong. So some K-State fan can fact check me on that because I don't really know. But I feel like it happens far too often where they don't get there very often. But when they do, they kind of get a little too big for their britches. Now, I'm not a Spencer Sanders fan. I'm not an Oklahoma State fan. I considered them last week. They had a nice shootout on the blue turf. They looked a little bit better than I probably had thought that they were going to be at least with against Boise State. I didn't bet Boise State. I didn't ha- have a bet on the game. This one makes me nervous. I may just need to, like, just watch this one as a fan. I know a lot of I really sharp bettors have said that they like Kansas State. I, I just don't know if I can get to the window on this team. And I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that they went outright and I'm kicking myself on Saturday evening going, damn it, so many people told me to bet them and I didn't do it. I can see that happening, Kelly. I mean, Kansas State is in the best bets, but if you got the inside on years ago, them getting up in the top 25 and dropping out, I can you see something like, like that. It, it all comes down to being coach. I think Coach Kleiman has a much better control over the locker room this year than he did last year. Last year, there was a That's lot true. of okay. a lot of off-the-field issues. There were, uh, you know, with class, with other, like, I don't know, COVID stuff aside, there was just a lot of drama that I would hear through the wings of like, hey, this this is a problem player. This player transferred. And it seems like he's really gotten control over it. See, Abby Jackson, K-State plus six, uh, no-brainer pick. I, trust me, I would love to do it. I just – I feel like I've seen this movie before. And that's why I told my dad earlier when he called me. He was like, hey, I want to bet K-State this week. And he couldn't – it was floored they were getting six. Floored. The Mr. And Stewart I, jinx. Oh, God. <laughs> I, you want to know what? As, as we all know that I uh, – because I know this because nobody's going to tell him this, but I do book all of his bets. He is up on the year. So it has been a really <laughs> good year for him so far. Uh, he was pissed, though, about my under on Monday night that I shared with Marco. So my second under of the year. And, uh, yeah. yeah. He did take – in case you wanted to know what he took this week, he took the Iowa over and the Texas A&M under. So follow or fade. Right now he's been doing pretty well. Well, he, he should be tailing his daughter is what he should be doing because I, I didn't even get to the recap yet, but last week, again, the sharp side you gave out three and two, the two games you talked about, Panthers, Kansas State, both outright winners. I think you've crushed every single week since we've been doing the show. You're three and oh in best bets. So props to you. But we definitely, it's been a fun year thus far. Yeah. I think that uh, a big well, thing is is winning is fun, Cal. I mean, winning is definitely that. fun. Being right is fun. All of the above is fun. Cashing those tickets is great. But I think the biggest thing that's a, the takeaway for me was last year I had a really bad college football season. So this year I'm I'm just sticking with what I do best. Now, granted, the fans being back in the stadiums have been great for the home dogs, that kind of scenario. But NFL last year was really my bread and butter. And uh, when I was you know working with previous employers their focus was NFL. And so I really had to shift and their focus was NBA. And so to have to shift over and Mm -hmm. really try something new has been really good for me because I didn't really have any bad habits. College football, I've got some bad habits. I'm addicted to those outright underdogs. And every once in a while, they just feel so right. Vanderbilt last week, Virginia last week. And while for the first half of the game, life is really good, the wheels fall off in the second half and you're going, what the hell just happened? So college football has not been as good as NFL this year once again. And uh, that's why I've just been kind of treading lightly. Like I I feel like five or six years ago, I'd had 14 games on a Saturday. I think actually Todd Furman tweeted this out earlier. He's like, you may have 14 games on one Saturday. It's okay to have four on the next. And that's how I feel. I'm done. I'm done loading up on this massive college football card. Like I've done in years past. If you just keep it simple, 
two and three doesn't kill you. Three and two makes you profitable, right? Those kind of type of things. And I and I ended up being uh, I think four and three in college football last week. So took away a little small a little small winner after the money lines that I bet and and uh, really showed some discipline. Yeah. And Kelly, I mean, quality over quantity is kind of the theme I try to go for. And, and that was a great point in terms of, you know, previous employers kind of pushing you to it to, to somewhere to go, whereas it takes time away from, you know, the sports that at least you have the most advantage in. And, and that can hurt you in the long run. I, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to figure out what you do. I had a guy from Barstool text me earlier. He's like, what do you think about Louisiana Tech and Troy this week? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even looked. And he goes, why not? And I go, I focus on the power five. One, for all the radio spots, podcasts, all over the last 12 years that I've been doing this, that's who they want to talk about unless you're on a small market show. And then you just do the research for that specific game. But for me, I found out that the SEC, the Big 12, the Big Ten have been my three best bread and butters. Yes, I'll dabble in the Pac-12, a little bit of Mountain West uh, from living in Las Vegas and a little bit of ACC. But for the most part, if you focus on what you're really good at, you can refine your craft so much better. Just like I finally convinced myself two years ago, I'm done betting college basketball in November. I'm just done. NBA starts soon. I'm not doing anything with NBA until March Madness. Maybe a little bit earlier, after Super Bowl at the very least. But for college basketball, I don't start college basketball until probably third or fourth week of December and when they start getting into conference play because I think that it really can take away from your college football and your NFL. And I've noticed that that month of December, when trying to focus on three or four sports, something Mm -hmm. has to take a decline. You only have so many hours of the day. That's well said. It's such a good point that I'm just going to reiterate it again. Um, and it's so good. If you're beginning better, it's like one of the best things, pieces of advice you can take is bet what you know. I'll give an example. I went to Siena College. I have been going to Siena games since I was nine years old because um, I'm from the area as well. And that's a small college basketball conference. I make money in the MAC games every single year. It, it's just because it's something I know I've been following it for years. You don't have to bet every single college basketball conference. There's 350 plus college basketball uh, Division One teams. So, like, bet what you know, and and pare it down to like be specific. Don't try to try to worry about 300 teams. Pick one or two conferences. Worry about that. Best best thing you can do for yourself as a, a sports better, whether you're, whether it's you're a beginning better or an experienced one. I feel like it, it gives you a huge edge. Well said, guys. Guys, we got uh, Kelly in Vegas here, Barstool Bet section. We got Wally's Corner coming up. We got the big games as well. Um, Kelly, we're going to talk big games. You want you want to hang around? Absolutely. Yes, good. As uh, this is the Hustle Show Pod, guys, presented by Viva. Your How come I have seltzer. no Vivas at my house? I I, I mean, I, I like sent you some uh, a few weeks ago. I'm I'm working on more. I talked to the owner yesterday. It's You're right. They did. They did get drank rather quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah. My having the same problem. My worst beat of the whole weekend. My worst beat of this whole weekend. Chris got me a four pack of Viva. I left it at his house. Terrible beat. Awful beat. Ship it out. Yeah. You guys shouldn't drink so much on uh, Sunday nights. (laughs) Paco saying you you need a Viva here, Kelly and Paco Healy there in San Diego, California. Which Viva is coming to you in California? Saying tablet up, drunk at the bar, and ready to fire right now. He's talking about Viva right here, guys. Viva tequila seltzer. A refreshing and drinkable hard seltzer, 88 calories, zero carbs, zero sugar, 4.5% ABV. Viva, the perfect drink for your post-game celebrations as it was created with the active lifestyle 
in mind. Chris Thurston, Adam Trigger, Kelly Stewart, Drew Martin here breaking down the big games. Talked about Arkansas, Texas A&M quickly. We got uh, Trigg. You got Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and the Rams and the Bucks. Have at it, buddy. So I'm actually – I was going to leave Rams, Bucks for Kel, uh, and I decided okay. I don't have as much of an opinion on that one. But the game I was going to talk about is Bengals-Steelers. And I, I, so this is a, a scenario that I think we run into as professional sports bettors that we might as well bring up right now. You know, I lean Bengals here, okay? The Steelers – I talked about it last week on the show. I said I like the Raiders. I said that the Steelers just – I don't think they're that good. I thought they were way overrated after the Buffalo game. And, of course, the Raiders come out and win. Now, VR someone I respect. He says he's on Steelers. I have to like rethink my whole thing. I will say with it, with this game in particular, the reason I was looking at Bengals with the points is I have a feeling the Steelers are, had a lot of injuries. Well, we know they have a lot of injuries. There was guys leaving that game left and right. Uh, the Steelers, one of the things, I, I think, Chris, I said, uh, we were at the, at the bar 10 minutes before the game. I got a text. I said, okay, Steelers actually have more guys out than I thought we should bet the Raiders. Turned out to be a good decision. But in this game, I would say, you know, I lean Bengals here. I'm probably off of it now that, I, that I've heard that with the, the Steelers. But I'm going to kind of monitor it because if they start putting guys, um, if they start ruling guys out ahead of the weekend and the Steelers are all of a sudden without a bunch of guys on their defense, um, the, the Steelers' offensive line looked awful last week. They could not protect Ben. Ben's got a peck issue as well. So you have to monitor his situation. So, again, I lean Bengals here. But – I'm probably going to pump the brakes now that I know that that there's sharp, you know, groups out there looking at the Steelers. Well, I think you have to remember too, Adam, when I bring up these sharp plays, a lot of these guys are just betting numbers. So they yeah. knew that Steelers was at three. I think that's just kind of what they're doing, right? They may come back on the Bengals at three and a half and hope to side the game. Steelers won by three. They sided. They win with the Bengals. You have to remember being Wednesday and, and, you know, Walrus can talk about this later on, but it's true. He even sent us a text earlier. He's like, you guys, I want to give you guys the latest information possible because it's today that the books start upping their limits. Or Mondays and Tuesdays, you're getting down 250, 500. Now mm -hmm. they're going to start taking dimes, five dimes, depending on what they actually need and what kind of books are willing to take a good bet. So that's kind of something to consider is that early in the week, they bet the Steelers minus three. Just like last week, we saw a couple games get bet early based on certain numbers and whether they bet on or off of it. Unfortunately, I don't always get that information on the back end. Yeah. And I think I was, that's a great point. And I think I was just saying, you know, uh, for me, there was a question earlier for Todd, I think Drew asked it and he was basically, you know, are you, do you block everything out and just have your opinion and look at your sort of number or do you sort of use everything that, you know, that that's available for me? I know I, as many, if, if I respect someone's opinion, I take it into consideration when I'm handicapping all of these games. VR is a guy I respect, so you know I have to listen to that when he says he, he he's got you know someone on the Steelers. Uh, listen, but yeah. absolutely. Look, you guys had Kenny White on last week. Kenny White, an, another mentor of mine from the Don Best days. I remember walking into Kenny's office. I'm you know this is ten years ago, and Kenny's like, "No, I'm never betting against my number." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Absolutely not." Like, because his number to him is the end all be all. He's an originator, especially in college football and college basketball totals. It's wild, the stuff that he he bets on Mondays and Tuesdays. He trusts his number to the core. I try to do my own power rings. I can't do it. It takes 20 hours a week alone. I've got guys like Ralph. I've got guys that share all of their data and information. It 
the numbers are going to be the numbers regardless. And sure, you can say, hey, listen, I got, I got a half point of value here. I've got a point of value there. I'm just not too arrogant to live and die by me being the smartest person in the room. I think surrounding yourself by far smarter people kind of is one of those things. And I think talking through these games with people all week long, that's why I love doing media stuff. You can either talk yourself into a loser, which has happened, but more often than not, I find myself talking myself into winners or talking myself off of games that ended up being losers. Good information there, Kelly. Yeah, like to recognize your weaknesses, you know, when, when you're up against it and kind of learn from that. As we got guys coming in here in the chat box, feel free uh, on the Wager Talk YouTube channel, fire in any uh, chat box questions. We got some on Twitter as well. Jarvis asking to talk about Tulane UAB. You know, this is a, a matchup of two really good coaches and Bill Clark, Willie Fritz. I actually like Tulane. I think their defensive front is uh, really, really strong. UAB, look, a good defense overall, but Tulane, the green wave, I think that they're underrated two of their opponents already Ole Miss and Oklahoma so uh talk about strength of schedule there go, now going up against UAB I think two lanes the side there Jarvis uh Chris I know you got a couple games as well um you want to hit those yeah sure uh we talked quickly about this when Todd was on but I know I texted uh our group on Sunday night uh during Sunday night football a game that I really saw speaking of value in was Texas Tech uh we were watching the game and I looked at the numbers Texas Tech was getting 10 I thought that was good value. I had that line in my head at seven, seven and a half. Uh, so I took it. I texted you guys. I think that that's just too many right there. I know that Texas Tech, uh, Kelly, you and I are big 12 uh, guys, guys and girls. And um, Matt Wells has, has that Tech team, that Red, Red Raiders team playing great. Um, we talked about the mm -hmm. quarterback um, transfer from Oregon, Tyler Shaw. He's been playing great. Obviously, it hasn't been against the greatest competition. They did play Houston week one. He's been lighting it up. I just think Matt Wells is going to have that team ready to play. Todd made a really good point before you came on. I forgot about that Texas-Texas A&M game last year. Or, sorry, Texas-Texas Tech game last year. Yeah, Went well, down. guess who was on the money line? I didn't forget about it. I forgot about it. I was on it with you, too. He said, don't believe that that's going to be in the back of mind of uh, the Red Raiders. And he, go, he said that I was on the right side there. As of right now, obviously, I got the best of the number. Uh, it's ticking yeah, you have a great number. So uh, I want to see what you thought on that. It's not a, it's not a thought process here. It's uh, what it was I missing with Texas Tech. Now I'm late to the party, and now I'm pissed because I should have kind of started to realize it a little bit earlier in the week. Not all that often do we see lines drop two and a half points on a Tuesday. Right. You know, it, it just is what it is. But I feel like I'm late to the party now, and this is a Texas team I did take, Arkansas. I did not put them in my parlay, which I should have. Of course I should have. That being said, I don't think Texas is back. I do think they're going to get the best of their opponent week in and week out because their name is Texas, and now they're going to be joining the SEC. So in Big 12 play, everybody's going to want to smack them around. If I had a 10, I would bet – Sure. Texas Tech all day long at seven and a half. That hook still is very intriguing, but I think I have to pass. I, I would, if if I'm going to play it, I'm going to take Texas Tech. But I just don't think at this point it's kind of like that ULL Texas game, right? I liked ULL. Granted, Texas played great against them, but that line move kept me off of a loser, and I think that that's what it's going to do here. And in, in other words, it's probably going to keep me off of a winner. And uh, I'll cheer it home for you. All right, well, I appreciate that. Go Red Raiders. Uh, the other game that I hit real a lot smaller than this game was uh, I took BC getting two and a half. This is a team I bet 
um, over the win totals beginning of the year, over seven. Obviously, I bet that, uh, assuming Phil Jerkovich was going to be the starting quarterback. He went out a couple weeks ago versus UMass. I still don't have that big of a drop-off with uh, the backup quarterback, um, Dennis Grossell. Uh, he's a senior. He's been in there before when Phil has got hurt. Um, he's stepped in, got the job done. Obviously, it's been against uh, lower competition with UMass and then Temple last week. Um, I just think that Halfley is a better coach here. I know it's against SEC. Everybody looks at Mizzou and says, oh, how could uh, you bet against the SEC here? Coming into Boston College, this isn't a homer pick. Um, this is a smaller play for me, but a couple of sharp, sharp guys that we know uh, I don't want to give out the, their plays on here. Um, agree with me on this. So I got BC plus two and a half. As yeah, well. we're seeing two and a half and one and a half now at the wager talk odd screen. So it makes sense. Look, I didn't look at this game. I went down my list and I just kind of breezed by. But you're absolutely right. This looks just like Memphis, Mississippi State last week, where everybody's going to want to bet the SEC school thinking that the other school is just not going to be as good. And I think that that's where the old hashtag SEC myth comes into play. Drew, an Auburn graduate, Drew Martin Betts, not liking the SEC slander over there. No, and it's, it's not okay. meant to be slander. It's not meant to be because no, I do. I don't think Missouri is as bad as we saw a couple weeks ago when they played Kentucky. I do think that Kentucky got a couple bounces to go their way, a couple calls to go their way. We're able to cover that game. Eileen BC, if you're going to make me pick, I do. I do think that them catching a couple at home makes sense. This one might close a pick them at this rate. So if you like the dog, you need to bet it now. Yeah, that, all the SEC hate. It's fine. Hey, just pick winners. It's, man. Not, it's not hate. I just think that the the big thing is is that you're going to get the best when you're a certain type of team. You're in Oregon. You're in Ohio State. Uh, you're in Notre Dame. You're going to get the best of your competition. Texas, as I just mentioned. So when you're Boston College and you're playing an SEC opponent, it doesn't matter if it's Tennessee, Missouri, or Alabama. I do think you're going to get the best from them because it's like a a chip on their shoulder because the SEC is the best conference. Right, not top to bottom, but they are the best conference towards the top. They have, you know, five of the best programs in the country. And so, even though you may be one of those bottom five programs, I do think that they still get that little extra boost with the conference namesake. And so, sure. teams really just want to go in there and prove that hey, we beat an SEC school. Yeah, they they, they ride the coattails. There's no doubt about that, Kelly. And, and, and even with the conference expansion, you know, the SEC becoming bigger, it's even more so. Not every SEC team is the same. Go look at Missouri's schedule and then look at, like, LSU's schedule. They're not even close to the same. You know, one division is a lot better than the other. But it speaks to your point. Heck, maybe there's a, an advantage here to betting against Missouri because of that. So good stuff here, guys. And we are coming up against it time-wise. I know we got Wally's Corner and uh, best bets as well. Also got to remind the watchers out there, we are presented by Viva Tequila Seltzer. We flavored our tequila seltzers because flavor is the spice of life, and we like our drinks with a kick just as we like to live our lives. Wherever you're downloading your podcast at, The Hustle Podcast, also simulcast live on the Wager Talk YouTube channel. Kelly Stewart, Chris Thurston, Adam Trigger, Drew Martin. Chris, I think we got uh, Wally's Corner, man. What do we got? Yeah, so Kel, I know you're a lot busier than us. Do you want to uh, go into best bets here, and we'll do all do it? Do you want to stick around for Wally's corner and the recap, and then do best bets? Totally up to you. I'm curious to see what the Walrus has come up with for this week. All right, real quick, he gave us uh, six. And Trig, just give us a quick update of how these been doing, please. Wally's been crushing it, seventeen and nine over the twenty six picks, and I don't think the numbers mattered in a single one. They, nope. They've all the winners have been crushing. Yeah. 
So it's been it's been great information, and I like to reiterate every single week. This is stuff that obviously sharp bettors are betting. We're not telling you to go bet this right now. We're giving you the numbers that they bet it at, and then I'm going to give you the number that it's currently at around right now. If you could find a good uh, a book with a good number that fits, go whack it. Uh, he gave us six, three college, three NFL. Uh, first one being Toledo at Ball State. They bet Toledo minus three up to minus four. It currently sits at minus four and a half, minus five. Uh, next one, still college football. Miami, Ohio at Army. They bet Army minus seven all the way up to minus seven and a half. It now sits around minus eight, minus eight and a half. And the next one, he agrees uh, here on, uh, well, Kel didn't say K-State, but he's rooting for it. He, he oh, says man. K-State. They bet K-State at, at Oklahoma State plus nine all the way down to plus seven. Currently, obviously, like we talked about, six sits at plus six. Uh, moving over to the NFL here, he gave us three in the NFL. Bucks at Rams. He says the Sharps bet the Bucks plus two and a half all the way down to a pick. Now, as we uh, we see as we before the show, it sits at Bucks minus one, Bucks minus one and a half. Big news: Antonio Brown with COVID questionable for Sunday. Uh, next one, still in the NFL here. They bet the Bengals, uh, he says. At Steelers, they bet the Bengals plus two and a half all the way down to a pick. Now sits at minus one, minus one and a half. I know Big Ben might be a little banged up. Uh, and the last one, the Gulls at the Boys. I believe that's Sunday night football. They bet the Boys minus three and a half. Number sits at uh, minus four right now. So there you go, Wally's Corner. Yeah, I love to hear it. But look, this is what's so crazy about Wednesdays, and this is what I why I love doing shows this day, because the Steelers was a completely different number this morning, and he got bet all the way down. The Cowboys VR gave on Monday Night Football Edition a bet on it. I already bet it. I'm shocked it hasn't moved. The Bucks yeah. though, they bet. So did they bet the look ahead line of the Bucks? Because that's what the look ahead line was. That's what he emailed me. Okay. A guy I was talking to yesterday did tell me he's like, yeah, Rams. Uh, Rams opened up minus two and a half, minus three, and I was like, really? I would have thought that. It, I thought it was going to open up Bucks minus three. That was just the number I had in my head. So I was shocked. Kelly, we got people in the in the chat box asking uh, when bet on it comes out. So bet on it should be out anytime now. We finished up the NFL edition about an hour and a half ago. So okay. it usually takes those guys a little bit to edit. We used to do it live, kind of went back and forth on things. It just looks so much better once it's edited with graphics. I I'm working on it though. I think I think I may have a way to do it. It's just because we have to do Ralph's segment early and then plug him in. So I'm wondering if I can record with Ralph on Wednesday mornings, have it ready to go. So it's edited, they can plug him in live. We're going to work on some things this year. Um, you know, not back in studio, which I'm loving working from home. So I'm just trying to make it as easy on our producers as humanly possible. Kelly, I need you to answer this one. A hundred yard dash. Could Drew catch Thurston with a 10 yard head start? Oh, I, I just want to, I just want 10 yards. No, 10 no. yards. I don't know if you can catch me with a 10 yard head start. <laughs> 10 yards is far. I don't think he could beat me when we started at the same time. Oh, wow. All oh, right. Here we go, I, guys. I'm in a spin class with you. I'm not sure. 100 yard dash. Well, to our I audience, think... we're all, we're all going to be at the Bucks Dolphins oh, game. Yep. This might weeks. need to happen. After a couple I... of Vivas, we might have to make this happen. 
I would smoke both of you giving you both a head start. Uh, one of your clubs. I actually probably go. agree with Adam might be able to beat both of you. He's been working out really hard since I met him in, uh, <laughs> in March. Getting all the, getting all those supplements in. I should get on his regimen because football <laughs> season is very, very detrimental to my life and my body. Absolutely. So what weekend is this? The October 10th weekend in Tampa. Sounds like we're going to have a 50-yard dash, maybe a 100-yard dash. The, the particulars will, will be worked out, but this might yes. need to happen. As we got uh, overtime watching the hustle from Romania. Let's right. find some good bets. Appreciate it. Thanks awesome. for joining That's us. That's awesome. Yeah. That's Thank you out there. And uh, I guess it's time for best bets, guys. We are up against it a little bit time-wise. Uh, Chris, you want to lead us off, buddy? You know what? I'm going to let the queen lead us off here just because right. she's undefeated. And I had a feeling her and I were going to be on the same best bet. So I texted her before the show. I said, I have two. I can't narrow them down. Which one are you on? And uh, she said the one that I thought she would be on. We're on the same one, but I will let her go first as she's undefeated on the, the hustle uh, hustle pod so far for the best bets. Yeah, I'm shocked to see that the, the sharp guys took the bucks plus two and a half. I kind of understand why they did. That was the look-ahead line. But what really happened last week? You got the Bucks who beat the Bricks off the Falcons. But I walked into a bar, and the score was 28-25. The Falcons looked like they had the Bucks on the ropes for three quarters. Yep. A couple late turnovers, 48-25 final score. A little bit misleading there. And then on the flip side, I hated my Colts bet. Like, mid-second quarter, I'm like, oh, my God, that game – was so painful to watch. The Colts are basically allergic to the red zone. That's what I figured out last week. And I should have probably already known that because when you have the fumble king in Carson Wentz, it just, it, at any point in time, you get very apprehensive. But we got the cover. They didn't get the win. Now, all of a sudden, the line flips. I, didn't, I don't love it. I, I, I appreciate the bookmakers giving us a nice teaser opportunity with the Rams. I did put them in a teaser when they were plus one and a half. I don't think we need it. I think Stanford, Stafford, excuse me, and that Rams defense is going to match up really nicely against Brady and the Bucks. I know a lot of people are going to want to bet that over. I can totally see this one being an absolute utter shootout. I do like the Rams here. I, they are my best bet this week in kind of an overreaction to what we saw last week. I don't think that they really cared that much in Indianapolis. Now they're back home. They're going to have a stadium full of fans. Stafford's doing pretty well in L.A. He and McVay getting pretty buddy-buddy. I really like the Rams this week. Now, I don't like that the sharp guys are on the other side. Kind of what Adam said. It kind of makes you go, hmm, what am I missing? But this is something that to consider. And to Chris's point earlier about Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown does not move the betting market. Everybody stop. Correct. I, I made fun of uh, somebody earlier to Chris because he took down the betting line on it. And I'm like, what a crybaby. But that he's <laughs> never mind. <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like uh, Cal said, we're on the same uh, best bet here. I uh, fired in the Rams before the show started. I'm on the Rams plus one and a half. Tom Brady on pace to throw 77 touchdowns for this Buck team at age 44. How can you fade this Bucks team, right? Well, I'm fading Brady in this Bucks team, and I think it's a beautiful spot for Sean McVay, who, in my opinion, is the best, is the second best coach in the league. I have Bill as one. I have McVay as two. Stafford has proven to be that key piece that has been missing for the Rams. Uh, McVay, how good is McVay? He was that good to get him to a Super Bowl a few years ago with Jared Goff. It's going to be interesting to see what he could do with Matthew Stafford. He's been pretty good. I know it's still early in the season here. Um, well, Kelly, you made a good point before when you first came on. The Sharps were betting numbers, right? 
They're betting they're betting numbers. They're they're Tom Brady, the Bucks getting two and a half here. We'll see what happens towards the end of the week here. I feel like there's gonna be some sharp money coming at the coming in at the Rams as closer to kick here. Tickets pouring in on the Bucks right now. Give me those points, sprinkle the money line. I'll be at my cousin's wedding that's got postponed four times. Who gets married <laughs> during football season? I gotta give the poor girl a break. This is her <sighs> fourth time. It was supposed to be on a Saturday night, some three some or two summers ago. Uh, but, you know, COVID. So uh, I'll need you guys to grind it for me. Queen and I are on the same one. Rams plus one and a half. You can watch it from your phone right there at the table, CT. You, you, you'll be all right, man. If you oh. made me go to your wedding during football season, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris will have no idea how to do that, but he'll call me and I'll have it set up. I had to him, go so. to a wedding. I know we only have a few minutes left, but I had to go to a wedding during a McGregor fight. And guess who was with all the guys in the sports book? Not at the wedding. <laughs> oh, wow. Adam, what do you got for best bets, buddy? Real, real quick. I never got to do my recap. I'm not going to take much time on it. I told you, Wally's been crushing. Kelly crushed last week. Uh, big game Big game breakdown was roughly like four and four. Best bets went three and two. But I got a shout out last week's guest, Kenny White, because pretty much everything he talked about hit. Everyone. And him and him and CT gave an awesome breakdown of San Diego State. Outright winner. His best bet, Illinois winner. He said he made the line 10 and a half in the Penn State game. That gets there. One of the guys in the comments said, if Penn State wins by 10 or more, he'd buy Kenny White a car. It was an eight-point final, so he doesn't owe Kenny White a car. But still, um, basically everything he talked about, smash. I'll keep it short and sweet in my best bet. I'm laying it with Utah here. CT Betts talked about this on the show probably twice, that Charlie Brewer is just absolutely cooked. And now he's not even on the team, which means – they're going to be going with the kid they brought in last week, Cameron Rising, who basically brought them back and, and almost came back to win the game uh, for Utah. Uh, and while we're on, you know, while we're talking about Kenny, uh, I looked in the magazine. He made the line this game 25. Uh, and I think I agree with him there. Uh, big, big drop off in class is Washington State. They might be the worst team in the Pac-12. I would not be surprised if uh, Washington State didn't win a Pac-12 game this year. I think they're that bad. This game's in Utah, Rice-Eckley Stadium. I've been there a couple times. Awesome, awesome stadium. Great atmosphere. Uh, it's 14 and a half. It's a big number. I think Utah is going to take out the frustration of losing to BYU um, and San Diego State on the road these last two weeks. They're going to come home. I'll call it by 30. I think they're going to just absolutely steamroll Washington State. Like in the Utes at home, I like that as well. Uh, BYU there in Provo against USF minus 23. Might be a look as well as we were talking about that with Todd Furman. Guys, for my uh, best bet, I'm going with Kansas State, the fighting Kelly and Vegases plus six. Versus I, mean, I, feel, I feel like somehow responsible. Like I'm very nervous if they just get blown off the field. I, like I like them this week too. I don't have a problem with K-State this week. Just no, no problem there. should be at. I mean, Oklahoma State, what, against Boise State? Very average. Tulsa, right in it all the way till the end. Missouri State as well. They haven't shown well offensively. Gundy's admitted it. Now, defensively, they're pretty good. But Kansas State, they've showed very well, Kelly. I mean, against Nevada looking strong. Stanford, you saw it with your own eyes. I think this Kansas State team's a little underrated. Plus six? Give me the dog. All right. I'm going to be cheering so hard for you guys, and I have a feeling I'm going to have enough uh, Vivas in Chicago that I'm going to end up on this K-State team and totally mush your guys' best bets. <laughs> awesome. And we... No mush for you, Cal. 
Yeah, we got the race coming up in a month as well. Uh, Paco <laughs> saying start start uh, you know training there. Kelly could smoke us all from James. No way, maybe. you guys. I'm five three and have huge boobs. I am not built to run. <laughs> I'm built to breed children. It is terrible. Trust me. I quit track in seventh grade for a reason. I am not made for cardio. I'm more like a Pilates kind of girl. Time for me to zen out. Maybe some spin class every once in a while with these idiots, but. Running? No, they if they if they couldn't beat me in a foot race, they got real real problems in life. Oh yeah, that would be fun to watch though. Uh, we got uh, Martinez saying Drew's Mister Freeze of the show. I'm I, I'm the uh, sharp bet in this race. Uh, believe me, guys. Uh, October 10th. That's the way I see it anyway. So, any final thoughts here, Chris, Adam, yeah. Kelly? Yeah, Drew. Final thoughts is I know it's a couple weeks away, but uh, like we said, we're all going to be tailgating together. We're going to be at the Dolphins game versus the Bucks. Uh, there'll be about 13, 14 of us. We'll have a ton of beers, a uh, ton of food. Feel free to come tailgate with us. We'll talk about it uh, closer to uh, game time. But uh, all Hustle Pod uh, uh, listeners, you're, you're welcome to join us. Oh, and yeah, and thanks to the couple people that came and met CT and I out on uh, Sunday. We had a great time. We had a reaction. Yeah, I heard you guys had a really great time. Do you remember how much of a great time you actually had? All I know is I fell asleep in the second quarter of the Ravens game. I was up Uh, by halftime. Like it was a new person. We grinded that whole thing out. Punching him in the ribs every time uh, Lamar Jackson scored. I had bruises. I had bruises from that. Yeah, that was it was like March Madness, except I was punching a CT in the ribs when we were at the Westgate. Uh, grinding out Rutgers, I think it was. It was like a huge game for all of us. <laughs> Next week, we are recapping that and a uh, extended mailbag portion, guys. Sorry we yes. couldn't hit it this week. We're up against it time-wise. Viva, our flavors pair perfectly with our artisanal Blanco tequila for subtle and refreshing drinks. Viva, coming to a store near you. For Chris Thurston, Kelly Stewart, Adam Trigger, I am Drew Martin. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Come back and join us. Best of luck with your bets until then. Thanks for tuning in, guys.